0: regaining the centre or finding the centre turning to the centre we're always in the centre of our lives due to streams ahead as a series of possibilities past streams behind as a series of memories and we can be driven in these various directions and adding them up since I was this What will I be? And this is the way the thinking measuring mind goes. It measures things in terms of time. It seeks entity. It seeks security in time. And of course we find there really isn't that security in time. Future remains unknown. In fact the only real knowing about it is that we will die. Which isn't what everybody wishes for. So what do we do until then, anyway? (laughs) In the center, we can contemplate these movements, as as what they are, and even the emotional energies that underlie them, what is it, gleeful expectation or dread? nostalgia happy memories or fearful traumas mm. and so these are uh, a notice you don't uh, you don't remember things that didn't touch you so if you've been alive for 40 50 years how much do you remember you remember the bits where there was some oh ah, something happened something really touched you Bits that didn't—you don't remember. You don't remember washing your clothes, putting your socks on. Probably even yesterday, you don't remember <laughs> turning, you know, whatever, you, or the combing your hair, or so what, you know. But you might remember something that interested you, aroused you, stimulated you. So, what are you looking at? The track of feeling and, and an activation, however subtle, pleasant or unpleasant. Really touching into the track of your energies. When I say these energies, I don't mean energy of physical movement, the heart energy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However subtle or strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. can we contemplate our life, our future as that, our past as that? Rather than as an identity. Yeah, I mean let's leave the identity bit unspoken. We don't know. What we do know is this track, this movement. And the knowing of that movement as for what it is. Yeah, if it's known for what it is as a movement of energy, as much less complexity of, that comes with identification. Mm -hmm. Where we create a whole kind of, you know, try to firm up something that's actually fluid. And also when there's that, uh, holding it, attaching to that, flow of energy, we want it to go, the future to go pretty predictably, so a fairly straight line, maybe a few little curves, but definitely knowable, and uh, that's not the case. Energy doesn't follow orders, it doesn't go in straight lines. It goes where one's arousal goes, One's arousal goes that's where it goes. So now of course we have the opportunity understanding it for what it is see? what will you be aroused by gladness yeah. now uh, compassion now uh, Sensitivity, ethical sensitivity, mm. Mm. freedom. Yeah. Mm. There are many calls on that energy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, a call towards the pleasurable, mm. yeah. comfortable. But uh, there's also the call towards freedom, Mm -hmm. liberation, Mm -hmm. openness, Mm -hmm. not getting stuck, Mm -hmm. keeping one's potentials open, keeping one's life open, there's that call. Mm -hmm. This is the call of faith, Mm -hmm. aspiration. And then we listen into that. You can't necessarily get it in words or figure it out. Or you can't plan it. On Friday morning I will have faith <laughs> for six hours. <laughs> or I will have faith in this, or in that, or in her, or in him. You can't. You will now have faith. <laughs> It doesn't work like that, you can't push it, you can't predict it, you can't tell it. So you have to sort of open around it. Where's it gonna happen? And ask where that is, invite it. Where is it now? Mm. Sense of there could be an opening. Mm. There could be. Mm. And where that opening will go I think if it goes towards, if it's really tuning into the best possibility, it will be open, free from bias, contamination, pressure, uh, self importance. Uh, all these things restrict. Um, free from weight. So we just even hear that call. And that place, if you like, call that place of freedom and openness, if we can call it a place, we say that's the center. We make it the center. You make it the center by placing it to the fore. Of one's aspiration, mm. because then we're not biasing, pushing, distorting our energies. Yeah. We're also not convinced by their the excitement and the dejection. See. Mm. This isn't where it's conducive, because all these excitement and dejection take you into territory into places where your mind starts proliferating, creating the cosmos. Mm. And when you contemplate uh, the sense of openness, even the balance in your body, Mm. empty of passion, empty of grief, empty of fear, Empty of resistance, empty of opinions, empty of past, empty of future, empty of self, empty of suffering, and yet profoundly present. When the Buddha taught the middle way, a famous, uh, well-known epithet, the middle way, it gives you the sense of the of the centre. It so it's not this, and it's not that. Mm-hmm. It's not this way, and it's not that way. So it's a sense of recognising what it's not. So in this initial analysis, he's saying it's not the path that tends towards rejection and abnegation, um, asceticism, or just the sense of um, puritanical disapproval of the senses, it's not against them, nor is it indulging in them, seeking gratification, fondling, getting lost in it, so if we avoid these, (laughs) we're coming to balance. Now, one can have all kinds of views and opinions about, uh, are these extremes, you think, you know. At the time of the Buddha, there'd be those who definitely felt that self-mortification was the right thing to do. Senses are bound to death and mortality and, you know, and sense appetites. And so it's a strong view, which you definitely formulate a view around that. Yeah, and of course are those who felt the opposite, you can formulate a view about be happy. We have these senses, we're endowed with them. It's our right, you know, fulfillment through these. You can have a view about that and this can still go on. But with, but avoiding a view, just saying, Mhm, maybe so, maybe so. Where am I now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in the centre. So the centre it's also a path that eliminates views. You can't form a view around it, apart from to recognize that's an imbalance, that's an imbalance. Mm. Yeah. says Those who hold the view of the world exists. And those who hold a view of the world is an illusion. That the target, by not holding a view, is liberated. <laughs> what can be experience is the arising and the passing. Yeah, and doesn't have to form into something that either exists or is a loser. It's just felt energy changing, shifting. And it can be an awareness of that without proliferating around it. And the energy, as you get cooler and steadier in that, it begins to cool down steady, become extremely refined. Because there's no push in it. There's no goal in it. There's no fear in it, there's no wavering in it, it becomes very steady Fine. and then the view becomes very settled. So this is what we call the path uh, purification, uh, samadhi, where the state of the energy can get very subtle and steady, because you know, no push, no drive, no control, no, you know, it's balanced. And this is thrown through the balance of the body and the breath energy attaining its fullness and completeness, and the body energy is satisfied it settles. The thinking mind is not draining it with unnecessary thought, which takes a huge amount of energy, and emotions, which take a huge amount of energy. So it is called. Mm to me to recognize this because these, these pulls and pushes, they flood us, they drive us, they tangle us, uh, and in that it gets so tangled we even lose presence, we always have to be moving, shifting, not where we are, and we, uh, we lose heart, we get brittle, irritable, depressed, dejected, closed down. Mm. and we fragment which means you know you've got opposing forces in you that quarrel with each other mm. fragmentation and the body the mind separate from each other so barely aware of a body because it's broken off yeah mm. and this is oh, not uncommon You go to a, you know, busy city, you'll see lots of heads running around with no feet under them. (laughs) Heads that are held by screens. Walk around, they haven't got any feet anymore, they're just carried by screens. (laughs) His body's running around, his head has left the shoulders. Actually the mind has left the physical, and that's good. Dislocated. I was talking to a friend of mine, one of the younger generation of monks, and uh, who was born in the United States. He didn't actually know all the states of his own country. He didn't know what they were. He didn't know that New England was part of America. He thought it was part of England. I <laughs> <laughs> said, so "What's your state like?" He didn't know. So <laughs> what he i was well, played video games. <laughs> About forty video games a day. <laughs> they knew that realm, but <laughs> didn't know the country you're living in. Didn't know the scenery. I said, Well there's mountains. because I, I knew the state, I said, Well there's mountains in it. He said, Did you live in the mountains? He said, I don't know. is dislocation, fragmentation. (laughs) Uh, You can't go into one fragment and make it control the rest of it. You just say you can't get your head to control your body. You can't get a thought to control your emotions. They've got to come together. And it's not that one is going to be supreme over the other. It's going to be that they all tune into the center. Ah, we gather around this. We gather around the place of feeling an opinion forming. Uh huh. That's that. Feeling a mood and emotion forming. Uh huh. Feeling one passing. Uh uh-huh. huh. Hmm. Feeling passion. Uh huh. Feeling it fading. Uh uh-huh. huh. Hmm. Because that's the nature of the center. It can witness. The Buddha is called the Lokavidu, the one who witnesses the entire cosmos. Meaning, of course, internal cosmos, external cosmos, his world and his psychology, you could say, as this. Hmm. And it's going to be clear, this, this cultivation is this cultivation of citta, Chitta. I've used the English word heart because it's simple, straightforward, and it, it's not bad. Uh, mostly because it's the centre of where things are felt. Uh, where there's impulse, you know, action happens, moves out. It's the centre of ethical sensitivity. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right, it doesn't sense feels rough. Mm. We sense that. Mm. It's the place that does get overwhelmed with fear and aversion, passion, craving. And it's the place that can be cleared of that. And most fundamentally, the center of our lives can sit in that, and direct that, so her actions, her impulses, her sensitivities are informed by that cool inner balance. So we contemplate citta. And when the Buddha talked about contemplating citta, he says in Satipatthana, again Buddha tends to be very... Terse, brief. This is, he contemplates chitta as affected by passion. And so it doesn't mean that we are passionate, it just means that chitta, the flood of passion, moves through it. What does passion feel like? An arousal, energy, uh, heating, warming, and driving towards something. To catch it, or delve into it, or feed on it, yeah. could be an idea, could be a banana, <laughs> 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 so we're driving into it. And when we drive into that, then this means of course that our attention is, is gathered around that, and we ignore the rest, mm-hmm. the rest of it fades out, we lose that big picture. No. So, obsessed with or fascinated by a particular thing, we forget where our feet are. Mm. And the energy arises from passion and it goes into this, is seen as in the object. It's actually coming from our own hearts and it's projected into the object, so it pulls us. So it's this amazing kind of conjuring trick, passion projects into the object, and the object then pulls. Of course the object banana doesn't do anything, just sitting there being a banana. <laughs> but suddenly it can pull me. <laughs> and that's not the only thing. <laughs> How did you <it> do that? Because <laughs> he threw the heart's energy into it, and it drags you out. It's a mutual cosmos. <laughs> so what you give your energy to will come back and pull you towards it. And passion is a certain uh, funneling or filtering of attention around that signal, a glowing, glowing signal. So we get extremely motivated by that glowing signal. Yeah. Uh, don't recognize the signals happening not in the banana but in here, so you know why don't I just turn it back what's happening you know feel it in the body uh, own own what's here this is this, and how does this feel? unsettled mm. yeah kind of glowing, certain fullness and richness, but wanting, unsettled, not steady, contemplate. So we're seeking fulfilment in something, it's never fulfilled, it seeks it in something. If we're coming from the centre we recognise that pattern the moving out towards something, then mm. we lose ourselves in our passion, I expect most of us have experienced this plenty of times, in music, um, games, people, and you kind of lose yourself in it and then when the thing changes, the person goes or the object fades or something, you know. mm, a a bit lost. <laughs> so you contemplate it. The effect of it. Contemplate the mind when it's affected by passion, contemplate when it's not affected by passion, when it's just cool and steady. So you see there's an alternative. Hmm. Measuring it. And the Buddha again he just says this is what you do. So you you just presents the map and check it out doesn't say you should do anything about it, because the sense the Buddha trusts your centre will, you know, notice that and come to its own conclusions. doesn't say, you should be this, you should be that, it says no, that's the way it is, isn't it? And um, the centre can actually encompass that, and I know that, what do I actually follow? That's another question so naturally all our lives involve some kind of choice. Some kind of going to do this, going to go there. So definitely the energy does get moving. And take that movement of energy carefully. Keeping hold of it. So that the clarity and the beauty of it can be held. It doesn't just blindly flash. And we stay with what we're doing, stay with it. Mm. Mm. Certainly, embodiments are a great help for that, because even if I think of going for the meal, get into the kitchen, get into the dining hall, a little glowing meal out there somewhere, and then, and then slip, trip, fall over on the steps because it wasn't in my body. <laughs> you realise you can only get there using this thing. <laughs> if you keep using this thing, you'll get there. If you keep following this idea in your mind, you could slip over. So just put it in the body and walk. And you might find by the time you've got there, all kinds of other interesting things have happened. You've seen the rain, you've smelt the flowers, you've seen the birds. You haven't been closed by what you're aiming for. You stay open. That's when it's not affected by passion. It's clear, purposeful, open. Affected by hatred, ill will, uh, bitterness. Mm. These are termed internally and externally. So internally, we experience passion for. Phenomena, internal phenomena, we like the arousal experience. Mm, That's the internal, we like that firing up. It's the internal, external, we see things that cause that. When you stay in the center, you know this is this. And there's a lifting of attention. So the energy is just steadied by that lifting spaciousness around the flow of wish. Aversion is to do with resistance. So externally we see a world of unpleasant people, hostile people. We focus on hostile actions that are going on. And so we get embittered, cynical, defensive, fed up. Internally, we feel averse. We don't like ourselves. We think we should be other than this. We complain about ourselves. We criticize ourselves. Uh, Internally, the effect of hostility. Internally, externally. And all those, the thinking mind will add all the reasons and the conclusions and the statistics and the history that firm it up. It's brilliant at that. So you say just put that to one side, because that's just all abstractions. However, they work, they're still not felt. They're still not directly felt. They're just abstractions. Even two and two equals four is true, but two apples doesn't make four apples, it makes a good meal, <laughs> as a direct experience. So we put aside the measuring mind, just get to the feeling of it, the, the contracting and the tensions of your will and the spaciousness around that. And the mind is not affected by your will when that influence dissolves. We may, in fact, see signals that remind us of the generosity and the faith and the humor and the love of other people, Mm -hmm. letting yourself be touched by that, internally noticing, taking an interest in your own values and skills, Mm -hmm. removing the influence of ill will, delusion, Mind when it's affected, by heart when it's affected by delusion, unable to really resolve anything. It's just swirling around in if, maybe, projections, visions, fantasies, um, fear. It's just a mingled mess of indecisiveness or going off in completely illusory directions. And so it's, it's like that. And if we search for clarity in any of these, any of these impressions, we won't find it. You find clarity comes from knowing it as energy swirling, hardening, foggy, inflamed. That's that. Knowing it like that, we don't create objects for it to go into. We don't create a subject who is at fault with it. We eliminate the subject we put aside the object, we return to the energy, that's that. Let's notice, um, you know, in one's own psychosphere, how many people are, if I know she's this and he's always telling me what to do and she never turns up and the cousin's really crazy and my sister's a bit of a neurotic and it's kind of... Annoying people, I'm always living with these annoying people. <laughs> I wonder why. A <laughs> tendency of ill will is being triggered, right? It creates annoying people. I mean, why are people, everybody's set up to annoy me. <laughs> so, you know, when the penny drops, well, there's one, <laughs> that's a key feature unifying feature is the quality of ill will and then it's going to bounce back (laughs) that's for sure ill will towards others is going to come back towards yourself because that's it those energies always mutually create an object and a subject if they're allowed to run out create both This is dealing with the, the directions. Then God Buddha then says contemplate the shape. This is the mind constricted, a sense of frozen state, locked state. Constricted, contracted, shrunken, the heart shrunken, constricted, contracted. You know, be open, what we need around As you go down through this you realize it gets simpler because now experiencing contraction and restriction. Well, and you start to resonate with that openness. You open around it and you resonate with it, how can resonate. Resonating means you're gently inquiring, feeling, sensing, how is this, how is that, and the sense of what's needed here pretty much becomes obvious, contraction needs openness and moving, something that moves and opens around it, so it just gently allows it to melt, and that melting there may be the reasons for the conditions for the contraction, fear, bitterness, trying to hold it all together, you know. Seizing up, trying to gain control and make sure everything works. Fear of things going wrong, fear of making a mistake, fear of other people blaming me, get tight, what's needed, open space around that. And a gentle engagement, not a trying to destroy the constriction, but a gentle engagement Resonant. How is this? And then feeling in the body. When we get to chitta, we enter this level of chitta, we're moving towards samadhi because we're beginning to acknowledge the chitta in terms of how it affects the body energy. And then, of course, when you do that, it begins to take away the mental explanation. Say, whatever the reasons, whoever. She did and isn't, and whatever he is or isn't, this body is feeling seized up. <laughs> the throat seized up, the face is tight, the shoulders are hard, the chest is contracted, the belly's tight. And this is you know, whatever she is or he isn't, I'm this, <laughs> or I'm in this. Do I want to be in this? Now. Rather than go out and deal with her and them and this, why don't I just deal directly with this? Because this is something I can directly deal with, I can't change the world. I can directly deal with this. Begin to spread your awareness over your whole body, breathing, releasing, extending, constrictions begin to soften, you may feel emotional shifts and changes, that's all fine, letting things Move on. Notice the mind distracted. One is constricted, contracted, the other is distracted. I mean, it scatters. It easily scatters out into four or five different directions at once. Um, these are quite common, ex- normal experiences, incidentally. <laughs> you know, people manage to live their lives with these. You can survive with this, sort of. <laughs> and feel it. You need to be this way. You need to be constricted to make sure everything's all right. And you need to be distracted in order to cover all the options, make sure that's that, that, that. that. Of course, your mind just creates more. So that, uh, you know, the distracted, scattered, trying to cover it all. It's that, cover all the options, all the possibilities, so that everything will be okay or comfortable, you get the right one. There's no right one in that, because all of those are born from distractedness. So there can't be anything fundamentally ripe and fulfilled in them, because their parent was distraction. That's their lineage. So, you know, it will keep going on. It will keep proliferating, and so just then it's returning. So it's like this scattering. Once you acknowledge it as that, and then come into the body, and breathing, you know, challenge the mental program that says this is all important and necessary. Say, well, okay, let's take five minutes of it of letting the world fall apart and not having to hold it all together. Mm. And then you take five minutes of that, actually I feel pretty good. And now a lot of those thoughts and ideas I had about what needs to be done, they have gone. Suddenly the cosmos has changed. Mm. And all that retained memory of He's like this, and this happened that. You've got a whole tribunal of the wrongs that have been done to you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're hard and heavy in that. And then you release, you think, oh well, yeah, life's a bit rocky, it's gone. You know, don't get stuck in it. So it's massaging of the heart. This is, of course, um, poignant stuff. But uh, in cultivation, this is really the pivotal territory. Really getting right down to, you know, the core. Constriction, contraction, distraction, fragmentation, rigidity. And you, can, you can really feel them in your body and you can release them in your body. And it's only when the mind has entered the body that you get into heart, and so the Buddhist goes on. He says, "Then you come into this is the mind, the heart made great, the Mahachitta, the Mahagatachitta." And suddenly, it's through crossing this territory, through massaging these forms, these shapes, accessing, massaging these shapes, that very quality. enriches the heart, its it's energy becomes suffusive rather than directive. So instead of trying to rush this way, that way, that way, it just gently suffuses. This is the great citta. Mm And witnessing that, when it's like that. Center still remains quite same, <laughs> but perhaps we can now access it, that in the center of that sense of of contentment or happiness or buoyancy, there's a cool balance. And of course, it's quite understandable that one gets really excited, gets a bit excited about feeling expansive and spacious and a bit of luminosity going on. But then you're still getting fascinated by energy. Energy is necessary, energy is important, but balancing energy is more important. Because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's potent stuff and people can get very uh, blown out by it if you don't span it with awareness. Mm. This is the chitta, the heart when it's not surpassed, nothing overwhelms it. Pleasure and pain don't overwhelm it, unsurpassed not something that other forces take over. It remains steady and unshaken. So then this is samadhi. Samadhi knows that when the chitta has arrived there and um, liberated when it's relinquished. It's uh, bondages, attachments. So you know, in terms of our practice, you know, I'm just looking at that process of supervising, recognizing you know beyond all the patterns of irritability, fascination, you know confusion, delusion, fantasizing, paranoia, <laughs> you know creating this stuff. you know it's a pretty compassionate awareness, that they would own up to all that, say, this is what we got, it's not like you in particular, this is, this is what it does, <laughs> uh-huh. and rather than start getting agitated about it, just spanning it with awareness, this is like this, and that has itself, you see there's, in that instruction the boy doesn't say you should do anything about it because the quality of awareness itself, that cool vision, supervising from the center, that has its own effects. And if our call is towards that freedom, then that takes over. It supervises. If our call of the spirit is towards Freedom when you recognize that quality of a free, unbiased, unopinionated awareness, you go, you go there. you think, yeah, that was kind of nice, but does it really matter? That was pretty annoying, but doesn't really matter, <laughs> you know because you've got something that's much better than going out to this and that and the other, you're in the center. So consider some of these. We have someone who uses this process of uh, deep attention. Deep attention is the filter. Means the variety of thoughts and preoccupations are manifold. All kinds of levels of the cosmos: the physical and psychological, the spiritual, the personal, the intimate, the economic, whatever, all aspects of it. What is it all? come down to what's happening in the heart when these come into you, when your mind starts these, what happens? So you're just directing it back. Not to say it shouldn't happen, but just to notice what does happen, and then can you be open around that? So because it's the case, it's always going to be the case that the heart jumps in, and does something, it's activated, it's sankara. You get affected, whatever touches you, painful or pleasant, far or near, alive or dead, you know, whether it's uh, you know, problems with quantum physics or the pain in your knees, whatever touches you, there's an activation, and your attention goes there, energy moves there, there's no choice about it. So knowing that, we say, okay, then how do I manage that, that whole process? Yonisoma Sikara says, take those perceptions of him and her and them and the future and the past and this and just take all that and just filter it down to the real core perceptions of this annoys, this delights, this intrigues, this bothers, this worries, this gets me stirred, this makes me shrink, this makes me brittle. Just notice really how the textures of the heart are being moderated by that. Then you take the perception back to the direct reality of the heart. Because if actions proceed from that with no supervision then, you know we've lost we've lost our balance. So can activation either just release or come into something skillful? And the general reminder and understanding from the elders and the Buddha is that the arousal of action of activation from the pure place is always associated with goodwill it doesn't mean I'm going to change her it means my first motivation is unwilling I move out with that sense of something that really wishes for welfare whether I can achieve it or not don't know whether she's going to listen to me or not. Don't know whether I'm going to be able to fix something. Don't know that's not up to me, that's up to how conditions receive. And but the initial arising has to come from goodwill, otherwise, that's that's the place of purity. Mm. So, again, there's certainly room for action. Mm. But the true action of the heart, for it to be true action rather than reaction, which of course we're all familiar with, probably the first thing happens is reaction, so you just check that, and then go back again, go back again, and you yeah, until the first arising is harmony, may there be harmony, yeah. mm. and we notice what's bothering. So this again, this uh, quality, this rising of wish for harmony, near and far, alive or dead. So even people in the past, we still carry sores about. Wish we hadn't done this, wish they hadn't said that, wish it could have been another way. And then we can try to just dismiss it, or blame ourselves, or blame them, or all this really stupid business. Uh, that's, that's okay. It's blessing. Okay. Blessing, forgiving or blessing or it's it's open towards compassion, gladness, appreciation. Yeah. That's definitely fruitful. Mm. Analyzing right wrong it just doesn't work. Mm. Same for yourself, who you were, what you've done, what you haven't done, how you consider yourself as being, what you should be, what you wish you were, why it doesn't do you any good. You've probably been doing it for quite a while. What does just come to that openness? This is the heart affected by fear, depression, sadness, overwhelmed. Open around that, what's needed, the arising of goodwill, rising arising of goodwill. Keep massaging it until that signal comes through. Keep massaging it, because there's so much wish to fix and change and annihilate bits of ourselves. Keep massaging it until those inclinations release. And what you're left with is something very tender, tender, and uh, open. We're not saying we should be another way, we're not deciding how we should be, we're creating a tender openness that allows us to grow, allows us room to breathe, allows us to come through our, you know, thing. We're young birds. Young chickens, you don't fly that far at first, you've got to get those initial flutters of freedom. Mm, It's not going to be that graceful, (laughs) so you have the sense of that tender, open encouragement to come through. You'll learn. You'll learn. This is the way we grow and learn, through this territory. So let's take some time for a a direct practice.